Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Where you were, the people you have been with, does not actually define where you are going and how far you can go. They will know you by name. They will know you by what you've been through. But they cannot predict what you potentially are capable of doing. So when you embrace the you, you polish the you, fall so much in love with the you, and know that you being here is because others must also better their lives like you are doing to yourself. Then you will drive and run your race. Welcome back. I hope your week's been awesome so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with strategic storytelling coach Frank Rose and with women's empowerment coach Kelly Rattany, then do go listen in. But stay here, listen to today's conversation first. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Skofre Nana Yoboa. He's a transformational coach, a professional corporate trainer, editor of Golden City Business Magazine, a media analyst and author, and lead consultant and facilitator for Zoe Global Consult. Scofro is listed in Most Influential Young Ghanaian in 2015 and 2016, in the Top 100 Speakers in Ghana, 2019. He has published over 70 articles in print and online media, such as Leadership Magazine of South Africa and The Huffington Post, and is a regular face and voice in the Ghanaian and South African media space. In our conversation today, Scofrey talked to me about why a focus on being is more important than a focus on doing. We talked about reframing a sale as a value exchange, and we talked about self-acceptance and going beyond what history might define where you can go. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Skofre Nana, your Yeboa. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Akrapong in Ghana, Skofre Nana Yoyaboa, who is a transformational coach and author and a blogger. And I think, I'm pretty sure, in fact, my first guest wow. from Ghana. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Skofre. It's a 
great privilege to have you here as my guest. No, it, it's, it's humbling to be on this um, live shifting innovative podcast, and I'm humble. And it's great to know I'm your first uh, <laughs> guest from Ghana, and that is very humbling for me. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, Lynn Howard, who was our guest on episode 467 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have a conversation with you, Scofro, and she introduced us. So big hello to Lynn. Yes, um, Lynn, Lynn is an amazing, um, wonderful woman, and they are, they are the kinds I always want to get in their spaces to, to, to tap into their wisdom and, and their inspiration. She said, no, you've got to be on this particular podcast so that you can share with the world who you are. <laughs> so I say, oh, thank you to Lynn for, for making this uh, possible, and I appreciate that for that. Yeah, yeah, likewise. All right, well, Scofraid. One of the things that um, I found fascinating, I use the word transformational marketing, transformational podcast, and you use the word transformational as well as, as a descriptor of your coaching and, and the work you do. So I'm really fascinating to dig into that with you. But before we do that, what, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Well, um, I, I keep saying that my life is like the song a impossible dream that was sung by um, Jimmy Pipe, where he says that this is my quest to follow the star, no matter how hopeless and no matter how far, to fight for the right without question of course, to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. And I know if I only be true to this glorious quest, that my heart will life peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. This is my entire life philosophy in what I do. That when I'm no more, my works speak to that which says Scoffrey came and he lived. So touching lives, um, doing a lot of TV and radio in Ghana, writing articles, having one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with clients, my, the trainings I facilitate are purely transformational and experiential, um, even in my consulting work. So that is how I'm touching lives. And I'm excited that today somebody may take a word or two from what I will share today in the life of the transforms. Hmm. All right. Well, the impossible dream and, and chasing that quest. What, how do you know when you're successful? Well, it's, it's more or less like, um, I have a client, a medical doctor, and for the first five sessions, I noticed that she was challenging herself to break through. And guess what? By the sixth session, the, the testimonies, the, the overflow, the abundance that she could bring to session, and she herself was so ecstatic that looking back to five sessions and where she is at the sixth, was mind-blowing. The seventh session was just an icing on the cake of the set. So these are the ways that I'm able to tell that um, my clients and people I go into their spaces are living their lives to the fullest. That is what I am here for. That is why I say this is my quest. So far as such a life lives her life better than I met her, a medical doctor, meaning she's going to touch more lives who will come for healing. And that is an amazing transformation when I find myself doing things of this nature that brings 
transformation and healing to people. Yeah. 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 And and one of the things that I always think transformational leadership or marketing or um, coaching is very much what you've just said there, the idea that you've made a change with the one person you work with, but in making that change, you've enabled them to impact a whole lot of other people. So effectively, there's it's a ripple Absolutely. effect, isn't it? You've dropped the stone in the pond and the ripples spread out. Absolutely. It's, 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 it is that which evokes out of me the commitment that I am not here by accident and my life is interlocked with the betterment of other people. So I keep saying that one step at a time, one person at a time, one moment at a time because the ripple effect is where the actual transformation is. Because when I am gone or when all clients sign up or complete coaching, it is the transformation that occurs in their individual life connecting um it's not by accident my background is in ontology ecology and mindfulness as a coach so i am more also inclined to ecology that is connectedness and relatability so whatever people experience out of me how it the ripple effect on other people through connectedness is what one thing that drives me also so i'm very mindful of of that Mm. Now you mentioned ontology and mindfulness and and ecology then, and you do talk about in in your website um, and some of your social media posts about ontological mindfulness co- ecology coaching. So tell us a little bit more about specifically what does that mean? Well, basically, um, just just in a nutshell, ontology. Uh, being the, uh, we say is, is the first style of philosophy. It's looking at the beingness of all things. The beingness of all things. That as a human being, your humanness is not in the grammar designation. It is how you, the individual, experience who you are and how that reflects in the things you do the things you say, how you get your stuff done, all these. So whatever that shows for, if it is not in tandem with an expected result, you go back to you and ask, what am I being within? What am I being in my thought? What am I being in my body? So that if there need be a different resource I want, then I create that being through a shift. And um, I, I mentioned ecology. We are not here as solely individual beings. Even if you take your body, you are a mind, you are a soul, and you are a body. It means to fully even function out there as a human being. That beingness comes in a tripartite sense. So whatever you are is in connection and in relation with everything else around you because we are, we are just microcosm of the entire universe. So ecology basically means whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you do, has got a ripple effect on the universe and you are part of this beautiful universe. So how you ecologically relate, you connect, you associate, has an abundance of of what you bring to the table. And mindfulness um, basically looks at the state of your beingness, creating the presence to become aware 
So when I put these three together, basically in my coaching sessions and what my coaching embodies is basically creating an awareness for what is possible. Creating an awareness to see through opportunities. Um, creating an awareness that in, in what I call quantum being, what you introduce to the space is what takes shape of that environment. So if you are able to become aware that whatever you introduce into an empty space takes shape of that which is available, then you want to live your life in a certain manner. That will always give you an amount or a certain quantum of, of result that you are in tandem with. And at the end of that, your result affects life's profit. Mm. Yeah, I love the I love the concept of the beingness and um, going back. I mean, a lot of people, particularly in the entrepreneurial space, focus on the doing. You know, and my business coach likes to say they they're a human doing, they're not a human being. And um, it, it's all around. Here's a here's a checklist of actions, and and I mean, I fall into this trap all the time too. Here's a checklist of actions that need to happen, and then before I know it, I'm sort of tied up in all these things and oh, what I'm being frazzled or I'm being you know I'm, I'm just not being who I need to be to achieve the results I want to achieve because I'm just locked into this doing um, spiral yeah so how, how do you how do you help people kind of recognize that first of all as as a thing <laughs> and and then move away from that into let go of all the stuff that I need to do? I feel like I need to do and, and just take a step back and get into that beingness. I think one of the things that anchors how I'm, how I'm able to support clients to create shift is using the simple be, do, have philosophy or analogy that because we are both conscious and um, unconscious beings, where most of who we are is in the subconsciousness. So we live our life more or less like automatic. So you don't even pay attention to observe. So what a coach um, comes in to do is to support you to begin to trigger your conscious mind. That gets you to begin to observe that which you are not so conscious about. And so when people are able mm. to occupy that space and create presence in that ability to consciously observe the unconsciousness of which we have formed all our attitudes of, they wake up. Then they are able to tell that these are the beings that I am, for which reason it correlates into a certain doing, meaning that it, 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 it triggers certain actions I take. And those actions definitely produces a result, which is your having. So if indeed, the result before me, which is the having, it's not what I so desire. Currently, I'm doing a, a lot of um, I'm, I'm braining, so connection, the form of congruence between the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. So we come to the point and you begin to ask, what drove you, what the beingness you are, what is the root cause? It's a feeling. So if it's a feeling, then you will create the beingness of that feeling and the outcome is a feeling. So if you were expecting a logical outcome and you trigger the beingness of feeling, then don't be surprised. You are seeing feeling as the end result. 
So then we come back to your body and say, okay, apart from just feeling, how does it form a logical congruence between your head, your heart, and your gut? So that it becomes a holistic or 360 approach in the outcome. So sometimes the person will come for less leadership coaching or executive coaching. By the sixth session, they realize that their life is holistic than they thought it was only going to be about leadership or it's going to be about executive. Because they realize, they will come to the realization that apparently we are 360 being to function effectively at the office. If you relate to your family in that sweetness, in that, in that, um, refined space, you carry that energy and send it to the office. So you realize that even though you want to be an astute CEO, the way you relate and connect to your immediate environment has got a lot impact out there. Then you realize that indeed, to be a top-notch executive, you need to have those social lives that brings you, you have a certain level of uh, mental stability. You must have a certain level of relatedness from your heart, allowing your intuition to also suffice when they need be. So even though they come for executive coaching, I, I tell them that, okay, even though you're coming for executive coaching, you will be experiencing social results. You'll be, you'll be experiencing personal development, you'll be experiencing all this because the effectiveness of who you are is a 360 being. You are not halves. So this is how I am able to support clients who come for whatever reason, sometimes even on relationship. By the time they leave, they realize that their leadership ability has risen up. They realize that their, their connectedness has risen up, even their emotional intelligence. So basically, this is how best I serve my client, it, it shows in my even ethical writing, it shows in my consulting, it shows even in training I offer for corporate body. Mm. Yeah, I like that. And I think this applies to all kinds of areas, um, leadership in particular, but also we do a lot of work around marketing, helping people with their marketing and helping people with their podcasting. And we always start with the person themselves. Mm. Why are you doing that? What drives you? What are your mm. values? Is is that all aligned? So it's sort of a little bit similar to what you're describing there, working on the person's feelings and their mindset. And um, I was listening to something today that uh, was explaining good good messaging from a point of view of the same type of process. There's there's a feeling that generates an action. And the action brings an outcome. Um, they then went on to say, but the feeling is triggered by thoughts. And the thoughts may be um, in the context of marketing, for example, or in the context of leadership, for example, it might be, I'm not a good mm. leader. I can't get I can't I can't bring people on a journey with me to um, to make change, let's say. So that's a thought that triggers a feeling. The feeling is one of inadequacy. And then, of course, the uh, action that comes out of that feeling is people people sense that things that you do are, are poor leadership <laughs> and the outcome. Yeah. yeah. The outcome is a result of that. So, yeah. Um, so do you agree with that kind of? 
philosophy or is there more to it? Well, I think I think there is more to, there is more to it um, because if you look at even the human body through neuroscience or neuroplasticity, you come to the point that because let's say for instance our gut has a way it functions like a brain. So it also has got its own language and it has got its own stuff that it holds onto the same with the heart and the same with the head brain. So, so for instance, even before the thought of inadequacy of a leader, when you are able to look for the top cause of what is causing that thinking, you go and find it that the person already has a, a feeling of fear. And if it's a feeling, that means it's something the heart has been absorbing all these years perhaps due to what the person might have been told or something. So whoever, that person feels inadequate because there's a, there is the fear that will, that the brain will find a word because for, for your body to act upon it, that logics must find how that feeling is truly interpreted by putting a word on it. Then it becomes inadequate where you know you are, you aren't going to be a good leader and stuff. But through coaching, through other support systems, when the client is able to realize that apparently it is not the thought that I'm inadequate as a leader, but I have the fear that I might fail. Because I've been told when I was growing up that I am, I am nothing, I failed mathematics, so I cannot be this. So it is over a period of time, what occurs in the heart, then you realize that, wow, it's not just a word. The word is there to allow us to identify what is happening elsewhere in the body. So it is, it's a powerful thing that you, you just brought to, brought to the table. Hmm. Yeah, I like, I, I like the concept that you've introduced there, which is that the mind, the mind is more than just the brain. The mind is kind of really centered right throughout the body and internal organs. And, you know, the classic one of this, I mean, people talk about heartache if, you know, they've got um, issues with their romantic relationships. But the other one that, that's a classic is um, a gut ache. I mean, if you, you're under a lot of stress and you're worried about a lot of things, that tends to lead to stomach ache, gut ache. Mm. Um, mm. It impacts the digestive system. And that's that's really, you know, for me, it's a manifestation that the mind is kind of right throughout the body, right throughout all the organs. And some of the organs are triggered um, for feeling bad when there's issues externally that we're struggling with. Yes. Um, if, if you look at the, the philosophy of somatic coaching, for instance, where the entire body we see it as part of who you are, because if you um, eat excessively, you could tell that something is missing. Even the excessive eating is a message. This is where coaching comes in to get you to become aware of what exactly is happening. You realize you are eating too much. Could there be something that is missing or present which is causing you to eat too much? And if assuming the guts did not function in a manner to trigger this awareness, before you realize something else has occurred, your health is in jeopardy. So, when we treat our body, even in marketing, um, I'm coming up with something to see what will work in the marketing space for uh, marketing chief executives here and there. As when we are on sale, apart from setting the target, 
and telling the buyers or the client or the customers what we are selling. How do we actually, what is the neuroscience behind what we are selling? Because in as much as it will look enticing, if it does not connect to certain aspects of the reasoning of the individual, the person, that is how we all don't buy certain level of cars. Even though you can say, ah, this car looks nice. But when you are connecting it even to your heart, do you actually desire? Then you come to the logic. What function would this particular thing play in, in, in my life to achieve what? What is my gut's feelings about buying this thing? So it means that you just, we can no more be selling to, to humans. We must start thinking about the beingness of that human so that we will know how to tailor things to this somatic being of who people are. This is a classic example why we even sell to kids. We know what to say. We use a certain wording and here and there. Now, it is not just what the kid wants. How would it impact the parent's um, budget or this or that? So if you're able to piece these together, you realize that you are no more selling. You are giving value. Hmm. And the more value, the more you know the audience that you're selling to, essentially, um, the more you know about their problems and how that impacts on their beingness, if you like, the more you really dig into that, the more powerful um, your ability to connect with them is, isn't it? So I really look, I'm really looking forward to sort of learning more about your process there. It's, it's, it's basically that. So I think I had a session with a client and she, she was talking about she needs to put system in place, and then and then the question is: Is your art meant for everybody? She said no. Hmm. So okay, the target audience this art is meant for. What is the product supposed to mean to the said um, target group? Then she paused and said, "Wow." The realization came through that. At a certain age, we care about legacy. We care about how we make people feel like Maya Angelou said. People will forget about what you did, they forget about what you told them, but they won't forget about how you make them feel. So if your target group can resonate a feeling towards your art, then, then you don't care about who else isn't buying. After all, there are tailored made cars that is not meant for everybody and they have a certain target group. Even in that target group, it's meant for, because our physiology difference between the man and the woman, even there are products that physiologically is designed just to be tailored for women or tailored for men. And like if you, look, you, you take colon, for instance, because of our biological changes we have. That's why we have colons for male and colons for female because of the chemical makeup. So if, if you realize that and come to this consciousness, Dealing with clients is also of the same nature. Then I can, I can say you will be able to not just, that is how I've shifted over the years away from sales, sales, sales. I've come to the point where value exchange, value exchange. And the term, the word in the language in, in essence, using 
value it's a greater departure from buying and selling that I, you think I need it. What if I don't need it? But if it is value exchange, it means that there is something that goes deeper in my heart, my embodiment, than just the substance. So in one of the customer experience sessions I held, Samuel, I said, we have stopped buying product. We are engaging the hearts behind the one selling the product. So if if you have not developed the environment, coaching environment, and all that experiential environment where people who front the company can trade off the value of their heart, then I'm sorry, you will fizzle out very soon. Hmm. So that that's probably the best explanation of the idea of heart-based selling that I've heard. <laughs> Um, and and bringing it bringing it back to the idea of value exchange, um, and I always struggle with the idea of there's a sale and you know the conversation goes along. Well, what's the price? Mm. Mm. And I think that language is just so against a value exchange. You know, I, I've always talked in terms of well, there's an investment. Um, there's an investment in, of time and money in a program. Um, for example, it might be a training course or it might be a coaching program. So there's an investment of time and money and probably some energy on the part of the person uh, buying the program because they have to do stuff mm. to get successful. But the idea of value exchange kind of takes it to a whole different level. Uh, absolutely. If um, it takes a lot of investment what we call personal investment because if you want the right price tag on the diamond you you give the value by the polishing the cutting even the source where the diamond is coming from you go through all these value processes so that it doesn't even matter how much um, um, the diamond will lose in size because of all this value the people who went for it their hearts behind and everything to that point it is not the size of the diamond, but the value that has gone into making the diamond what it is at that moment. That matters. And the moment you are able to realize that it is not about the mechanics, but it is about the ecology, the interconnectedness of all things that make this valuable, then you know what it is. Because I keep telling my clients that value exchange is not the price it's just that we have become used to certain wording so much so that if it is not used or buzz around people think they don't understand but in actual sense they do when you say the value of s meaning you realize it's not just about itemization it's about the heart behind the spirit behind the, the optimistic thoughtfulness behind then you see okay so I give you this amount of money in my value as I have received your value. It becomes value exchange. And basically, this is how I, I go about everything else I do, that the value I give. So I'm so passionate. I'm so inspirational. I'm so, um, people driven. I'm so, I look at how would my life support you to become the best than we met. 
So this is this is the spaces I go into in, in, in providing value in what I do. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Now, one of the things that came up for me there, um, and it's you know, your example of the diamond ring brought this up, and I'll explain in a moment why. The one of the common mistakes, uh, common mindset. Um, you know, limiting beliefs, I guess, of many entrepreneurs is that they undervalue what they bring to the table, what their product or service, what impact that can have on the people that they can help. And so they ultimately price it too low. Sometimes that means they're just leaving money on the table because they could be charging higher, higher fees or higher uh, value. The other times they may actually be losing business because people don't treat them with the same level of respect if the pricing is below what they think that value is. Um, and why that thought triggered in my mind, your, your example about the diamond ring. So there's the diamond ring. So it's made, maybe it's a gold ring with, with a um, platinum, um, what do you call it, the setting where the mm. diamond gets placed in. And the diamond has, I'm not a diamond expert, so I'm probably getting the numbers wrong, but let's say it's a 100 carat diet diamond and it's highly polished and it's a couple of millimeters in diameter. So there, there's a value in terms of the specifications of the diamond and the uh, setting and the ring and how much work's gone into the diamond to produce it and, and to present it. But now think of, that diamond ring was given by my great-grandfather to my great-grandmother and it's been handed down for four generations and I have it now. Now, the value of that diamond ring is is completely different to the day when it was purchased. Uh, absolutely. And that is, so, that is the ecology of value. That is the ecology hmm. that value carries. And when we are able to come to... Indeed, we, we say in ontology that Languaging and wording is friends or from, from the space where creativity occurs. So when we understand that value is not the figure we place on the substance, if it has traveled through these phases of lifetime, that is actually where the value is coming from. So it is in their consciousness that mm. if, if a client comes for executive coaching, he or she is a CEO, deputy CEO, or any of the CSU. Your the value to give up will be higher from my end as a coach because the impact of the CEO will make on the company out of the coaching is so exponential than the front desk executive will make. So. The value offered to the executive, the, the, the front desk executive and the chief executive for my coaching won't be exactly the same. It does not mean that in practice one will give, one will receive less than the other. No. But because of the end result and the ripple effect that which the CEO will make on the entire company, that is how come I give up that value to go and make that higher umbrella impact. Then the front desk executive mm. will be eating through gradually 
So it's more or less you, are sh- you support to shape her to face the faces of life in her career. So if we come to this deeper languaging, understanding and awareness of what value is in either marketing, in, in anything, whether service, in anything we do, it, it goes back to the bid you have. If, if, yeah. if you are giving up, if your beingness is value, you put in the actions that is the doing that holds that value. And the product of it is value that can be put, that figure can be put on it to be explained. So that actual value is not the, the, the figure, but you only use that to explain that it is higher than this. But looking at all these faces, this is how much the object can be. But the value behind is the art. It's the people whose hands are touched there. Yeah, I love it. And so the, yeah, so you're, you're doing outcome based value in some sense. So you might be giving exactly the same service time, um, products that you, you bring into the front desk executive as you would to the CEO, but the impact that you're having by transforming the CEO goes across the whole company, whereas the front desk executive, not yet. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. This is what, mm. what guides, what guides me in, in all that I do. Um, I'm consciously mindful of, of how or the impact of my coaching, the impact of my consulting, impact of my training. So all the training models that we develop have all gotten this in there. Currently we are, we've developed what we call the coaching essential skills training for C-suites and managers. And the, 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 the value in there is taking that CEOs or the C-suite and managers have gone through excessive pressure during these two years of pandemic. Yet nobody tends to care about them. So when they are able to receive this level of coaching skill, it will allow them to now coach their subordinates so that the burden that always come along with being a leader is a bit lessened when we go through situations like this. They become resilient because they have a support base who also understand. So this is this. So if you look, so if you come and we are charging um, three thousand dollars for that training, and it's not the quantum of figure. It is the value of how it will impact an entire company. When let's say seven C suits, ten C suits, and the deputies fifteen have all received some three day essential coaching skills where they would have been taking through resilience and all those stuff, the impact. Um, currently, we are preparing to run a survey in Ghana on trust. And it is not just the buzzword of trust, but because from our point of the ontology that everything, we understand that everything revolves around now on trust, quality test, whatever, efficiency, effectiveness, all boils down on trust and understanding what it, what the, the currency the, and the agency that trust has got for our personal and our corporate development. So it is not just the price tag. I, I, this conversation is beautiful. Mm. It's not price tag. It is the value behind that which we hold in hand. 
and value comes out of their heart, yeah. embodiment, and everything altogether. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that's that's a, a fabulous conversation on value and um, value based selling from the heart, which I, I really love. I we could probably dig a lot deeper into that, <laughs> but I think I'm looking at the clock, so I think it's a good time now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, and it's designed to help our audience with um, some insights from your experience and inspire them to do something awesome today as a result. So it's the same five questions I ask of every guest. You ready? What's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Well, um, allow me to go back to my, my anchor as a coach, which is um, your ontology. If you look at what I call quantum being, the scientists will call it quantum physics, and um, now neuroplasticity is giving it all this term. Innovation is not a thing. Innovation is what you give off. So if this podcast will have to reach millions of people such that their lives will be transformed, inspired, and motivated. That which we are giving is not because of the gadget we are using. It is because of the understanding that we are giving ourselves away. So the conduit through which we are giving ourselves away must be built with love, must be built with the users and, and the listeners in mind, so that you choose that one way to do and give up the best I am is through ABCD channel. For that matter, I embrace what others have also given unto us, being the designers and developer, developers of it, so that I can explore and reach out better and more. So we, you, you cannot live within your parameters and say the, the, the unknown, so you won't tap into it. This morning I, I, in the shower, it dawned on me when I was thinking about this interview that we use our experiences, which at some point becomes a bias, so much so that we are not able to tap into the unknown beyond our experiences. So sometimes innovation becomes unknown to a lot of us because we are started to our experiences. And we all know what happened to a particular phone maker when they could not tip into <laughs> the new face of user software because they were relying only on the experience of battery usage, durability, and everything by forgetting that the, the universe changes. So innovation is one way of we human beings creating a beingness of how to work smarter, faster, and reach out to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I, I like the idea of um, you know, being stuck in your known space and um, not being prepared to go out of the unknown. And I'm guessing you're talking about Nokia. There. <laughs> exactly. Um, I've lived, I've lived through um, you know, personally the digital photography revolution on the inside of one of the film companies, and it was exactly the same thing. So I can really relate to what you're what you're talking about. All right, now what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Well, the best thing I've done to develop new ideas is 
the one niche creation for myself that if I want to be a coach, a trainer, and a consultant, what type of coach, trainer, consultant I want to be, then I come to the realization of a transformer. That is how come my designation in coaching, I say I'm a transformational coach. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm able to come forth that my life is not just here. My life is when I'm no more, when I'm not physically present. How would all that I have done impact more people than I came even to me? So that that is what drives me. So in all my coaching is transformational, inspiring. In all my trainings, I make it so so experiential that you don't see it to be a cognitive exercise. You are able to embody everything that comes out so that you don't want to think and remember in doing it, but you leave it. So this is how I go about what I do. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So you're, you're living the experience and, and by doing that, you're basically absorbing the lessons and uh, and learning. All right, and and yeah, the transformation. I mean, that 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 was the one that really um, resonated with me straight away because I thought, well, there's not many people using that term as as a descriptor for what they do. <laughs> yeah, um, and and you've um, you've really driven that message home in terms of that's the change and the, and it's a legacy that you actually leave so because you've transformed the people you work with. Mm. Mm. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Um, that's mindfulness and meditating. Um, then also mm-hmm. quality songs, um, quality movies, getting myself in spaces with like-minded people who might know they are going somewhere in life. We might not be in the same direction, but um, then I read a lot of the National Coaching Federation articles and informations I read from other uh, people. Then the kind of network I hold, just like I, just like Lane Howard found me, and here I am on your podcast. So these are all resources I I go into. Then mm. I tend to write these days, uh, or, or write a lot of articles in the area of coaching and uh, human resource dichotomies, so that life can get better. And I smile. I get so for when lives get better and that is one of the greatest resources for myself to keep me going that mm. it's not just about um, cash it's about that fulfillment that drives me yeah and and the listener I have to tell you that um, Scofra has the biggest smile so I can see this here but you can't you you should be able to hear the smile come through in, in his voice but it's certainly there's a very big smile here in front of you. Thank you. <laughs> on camera. Uh, all right. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track when you're working with them? Um, I don't know. If, I don't know how to put this, but I'm highly intuitively connected to anybody I've been of value to. Mm. There's been times I have called a client. We have ended contracts. Nothing is between us again. But there've been times I've called clients. And you go like, coach, you called at the right time. Coach, you called at the right time. So it is, it is the ability to float myself in the universe, to 
connect and not cut the umbilical cord for my clients or people I encounter. So that should there be a moment where the universe, the cosmic, put me back into them to be, to be present that moment, I will need to be there. And out of 100% moments, 100% it has been so that I was needed there and the call was valuable. Uh, and, and so it, it, this is one way. Then also most of the clients become friends on social media, become a bit of a acquaintance in there. Well, once in a while they try, so I, I monitor growth, I monitor their, their development, I monitor their performance, where one or two I can chip in. So basically this one way I, I track. Then also all our trainings mostly is deduced from like simple survey, a simple questionnaire, like what we are going to do very soon on trust, like trust survey in, in, in Ghana. So basically this is one way I keep track on, on, on the things we do here. Mm, okay. So, yeah, so. You're really in deep rapport with your clients if you know you call up just when when they need to speak with you. Absolutely. Sometimes sometimes it surprises me because it's just oh, you've not heard of this person before. <laughs> I'll call and say, Coach, you called at the right time. And sometimes I'm like, Wow, what's happening? Yeah. Fantastic. All right, and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Self acceptance. Self acceptance that where you were, the people you have been with, does not actually define where you are going and how far you can go. They will know you by name. They will know you by what you've been through. But they cannot predict what you potentially are capable of doing. So when you embrace the you, you polish the you, fall so much in love with the you, and know that you being here is because others must also better their lives like you are doing to yourself. Then you will drive and run your race. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And it comes back to what we were talking about earlier, starting by working on yourself and then that impact that you can have on other people comes from being really clear about who you are being and what impact you can bring and who the right people are that you can have an impact with. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I grew up with a very difficult upbringing and after 21, before I could accept to even love myself, I had done all that I could do to, to fend for myself. But the moment I could identify the scoffer within, we knew we were going to be human capital development professional. The moment I, I fell in love with myself, I noticed what myself was given to me to give up to the world. So it is important that we identify the being within this humanness, in this humus, and learn to grow it, develop it as a value unto humanity. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. All right. Well, thanks, Skofa. This has been really wonderful. Now, where can people find out more about you and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared with us today? Yes, um, I'm all over social media. So if you go to Facebook, you can just search with my name, Skofa, S-C-O-F-R-A-Y, and it will pop up. If you go to Instagram, it's the same thing, Skofa, S-C-O-F-R-A-Y, it will pop up with Nana Yawiabwa. 
Um, then on LinkedIn, the same way to put in Scott Free, Nanaya Yabwa will come up as well. And um, you can visit um, zoeglobalconsult.com. So the Zoe is not Z-O-E. It's actually Z-O-W-E-H. So Zoe Global Consult. And um, you can also email me with the same first name, scoffreeigenio.com. And um, if you want to read via telephone, which is also WhatsApp, it will be plus 233-243-085-932. Plus 233-243-085-932. I also have got books on Amazon. So anyway... By just a Google search on Scoffrey, yeah, a lot of me will pop up. Thank you. Wonderful. We'll we'll post all those links in the show notes, so people, if you're driving your car or or you're out on on your bike <laughs> listening to this podcast, don't stop to to um, look those things up. We'll have them in the show notes when you get back home. All right. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listener today as we wrap it up, Scoffrey? Well, um, recently I've been very conscious about um, mental health and well-being, so mm. I just want to chip it here. Recently it was uh, International Men's Day. Men, I'm appealing, take good care of your mental well-being. Make conscious effort to take care of your mental well-being. And to the global perspective, when you stop giving off what you are here for by design, we lack your presence and your legacy when you are no more. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, that's a very powerful message. Thanks. And finally, who else should I get on this show and why? Ah, okay. Um, it will be um, a friend of mine, um, Bernard Kelvin Clyde, um, very amazing podcaster himself, um, a guru in digital branding and I know you too will share something in common when it comes to issue of digital branding or digital marketing. So he's somebody I will highly, highly recommend that you can have one on this podcast. Alright. Well Bennett was it? Yeah, Bennett, yeah. Okay, well I'll we'll get an introduction to Bennett from you and reach out to him to bring him on the show as well. So thanks so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation today. Thanks for sharing your time and your insights so generously with us, Gofrey. And um, all the best for the future and let's stay in touch. Yeah, humbling, humbling. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging conversation with Gofrey and took something away from his episode. I love his energy and commitment to leave everyone better off after speaking with him. That's certainly transformational. He did that for us today. I'd love to know what you took away from Scofray's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Scofray. That is S-C-O-F-R-A-Y. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Scofray. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Scofray, as well as links to the Zoe Global Consult website, to Scofray's social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. 
Scofrey suggested that we have a conversation with Bernard Kelvin Clive on a future Enough of Us podcast episode. So Bernard, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Scofrey Nana Your Yaboa. I'd really love you to leave a review on this episode because that helps us get to know you better and why you listen and ultimately will help us make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred review platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Patrick Laverne of Sales Champ Academy and CEO of the Evolved Group, Gareth Chandler. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.